0: Welcome to the Life Course Podcast from the ESRC International Centre for Life Course Studies at UCL. In today's episode, social media and scrolling free. Professor Yvonne Kelly discusses new and emerging evidence on the impact of social media on young people's mental health and well-being with Shirley Kramer from the Royal Society for Public Health, which is leading a public campaign around the issue. Shirley starts by explaining how young people themselves view the problem
1: we know from our 2017 report status of mind looking at social media and young people's mental health that young people themselves have told us that actually they have problems with social media there are lots of negative sides that you know well around depression anxiety bullying fear of missing out etc body image obviously particularly for girls so the idea of the scroll-free September is to take that report and action it in a sense by saying, well, you can actually do something about it. Think about all the good things that social media can do for you, accentuate the positive and mitigate the negative. And that might be by having a bit of a break from social media, either going cold turkey, so taking the whole month off, or you could have sleep and dog which means don't take your phone to your bedroom and get a good night's sleep because sleep is a really big issue in social media so actually if I was to say which one I thought was absolutely critical it would be about not taking your phone into your bedroom but then social (coughs) butterfly means not Um, having your phone out when you're with your friends being able to engage busy bee so people who run organizations like me very happy not to have people scrolling (laughs) during work time or during school and then sometimes in the evening when you just want to relax so night owl not doing social media Uh, in the evening so we're giving people loads of different options and following them because we've had lots of people sign up and let's see what happens it'll be interesting to see if people do change their mind but at least we've started a conversation.
0: So why is the Royal Society for Public Health so concerned about the the impact the effects of social media on particularly on young people's well-being and mental health so
1: we see this as an emerging issue that the research is i think building up around the problems uh, particularly in mental health and we have been concerned about mental health issues in young people for some time because the data shows us that in 25 years there's been an increase in depression about 70% i mean these are big numbers and we know that social media plays some part from the research we've read and and so we it's time to at least out the issue because we know you know that we have a global issue here one of the things that we discovered in producing our 2017 report was that almost every other country is having the same issues because they published they had it on their news they talked about it in various magazines in all sorts of countries and so it's something that really people recognised in themselves as a parent or as watching their teenager so it was a recognisable issue and people want to comment on it.
0: Yvonne now the impacts of social media on young people's health and well-being something you've been researching pretty intensively over the last few years what specifically have you been looking at and and why? Well we started I think it was in 2013 looking at this
2: um possible association between the amount of social media or the amount of time young people were spending on social media and um, different elements of their happiness and their social and emotional well-being and we found really striking associations where the more social media young people seem to engage in the worse uh, they did in terms of their, their happiness and they had more social and emotional difficulties. So then we followed this up because of the sort of data that we use quite often we're able to track young people forward in time um, using these longitudinal data sets so in a piece that we published earlier this year what we did was we took um, information on ten thousand ten 10 to 15 year olds who had been followed up for about four or five years and we looked at their social media habits five years ago and we tracked their mental health trajectories over the, the you know, the, the preceding five years. And we, th- we found that, particularly for girls, their um, mental health was worse the more social media they used uh, they they engaged mm-hmm. with a baseline and this was you know a really really striking finding and it was particularly the case for girls
0: really important finding so Shirley what I wonder what you make of Yvonne's research on those sorts of findings to date and whether they fit with some of the evidence that you've been been looking at some of the other evidence that you've been looking at and producing yourselves here.
1: Um, I think it's it's really really significant research partly because of the numbers. Of people involved compared to say our study which mm. you know wouldn't call research this is asking young people what they think whereas what Yvonne's doing is giving us really what we need which is the the proper evidence around this and particularly using the cohort study where you can actually track children over a period of years I think it, it kind of gives um, help it makes us understand what we're seeing in a much greater detail and how can that like feed
0: that. into the work that you're doing here
1: well I think we can do some joint messages mm-hmm. here because if we were both and all concerned with prevention and the isn't enough of it around is if we know this is starting at 10 and we can track this through 15 and what happens we're in a position to be able to say for eight and nine year olds, this is what you should be thinking about as parents, as teachers, this is what you could be doing. And and it gives us these opportunities um, to look at social media in a much more preventive way than we have been doing at the moment. We're just taking what we're finding and saying, um, public policy needs to change, global social media needs to think about these issues, people need to change and trap their mind. But what Yvonne's doing, and that research gives us the opportunity to say, now this is what we could be doing, this is what we should be doing.
0: And what's your take on that, Yvonne, in terms of how the research might influence policies in this area? Because, you know, that's what we're working towards, that's what you're working towards.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we use, we, we use these large-scale... Um, pieces of information on thousands and thousands of young people and it's ideal if we can track people you know forward in time prospectively Mm -hmm. some of the information that we have we only have data which are cross-sectional so a sort of a snapshot in time and then from a scientific point of view the nut that you've got to crack is trying to prove a causal association between um, two elements Mm -hmm. so Does social media use really impact on young people's mental health? Or is it that people who are unhappy and who are struggling in terms of their mental health are more likely to engage in social media? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a a cyclical argument, and Mm -hmm. and it becomes very, very difficult to disentangle. But I think if we take evidence from different types of studies with different study designs... You know, some small scale studies, which which can sort of look very intensively at individuals over Mm. short spaces of time. And coupled with these large scale kind of uh, cohort studies and and panel studies, then we can really start to piece together the evidence and and build that up into a sort of a a more solid case, if you like, Mm. for, for talking about change in public policy because the evidence is pointing in a certain direction.
0: Now You talked about a couple of papers that are, uh, are obviously already out there and, and published, but you've got more work under, underway. Can't give too much away at the moment, but what can you tell us about the sort of avenues that you're, you're exploring? Yeah, well, in
2: one of those papers, we've been able to look for the very first time uh, the the sort of the major pathways, hypothesized pathways as Shirley outlined before, so through sleep, through self-esteem, through body image and experience of cyberbullying, really looking at the links between social media use and young people's mental health via these different um, plausible pathways between the two things, which helps to build up um, the evidence in, in a sort of A more powerful way, in some in some ways, because we're able to interrogate multiple Mm. competing pathways at the same time using really really rich data on over ten thousand young people. So I'm not going to say too much about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, because you know that those data are under peer review at the moment. But you know the the. The, the findings are very interesting.
0: Yeah, and and uh, Shirley, what do you make of this sort of new emerging body of evidence? <laughs> well, without giving too much away,
1: <laughs> We've, we're um, really excited. Mm. We'll be really excited to to, to, to mm. read and see the data and and the implications, the conclusions from that, because. Too many things are done in silos, so there are quite a lot of studies around perhaps one item might be self-esteem or sleep or depression. But to have, you know, I think holistically, and I think that's really important, how with lack of sleep are you, you know, do you feel a bit more depressed, you're a bit more low energy, which... We know these things feed into each other, so this is going to be very, very important research.
0: Yeah, and hopefully provide a more nuanced picture. Yes. Uh, feeding that back into where our discussion uh, started, if you like, so for Scroll Free September and also the all-party parliamentary inquiry that you're you're leading on here from uh, RSPH, what can we expect in the weeks and months ahead?
1: We've had such good engagement from politicians. Mm-hmm. So this is a very live issue, and sometimes with politicians they're not you know you can see that that's not so much engagement but we know there's a huge amount of engagement with this and I think by getting all the current evidence that we have so inviting people to submit evidence and I'm delighted that Yvonne has submitted evidence to the inquiry Then we'll be having oral evidence and then we'll be looking at, so what next? What are the next things we need to do? And by having that engagement of politicians, having them as part of the discussion, we'll begin to be able to set, so what are the policy drivers? What do we need to be thinking about? That
0: brings me to my final question, actually, for both of you, which is whether you have a feel yet, perhaps not, um, for what needs to change, if you like. And, um, you know, do you think that we can see some change Is there a will for it? It sounds from you, Shirley, like Mm. there might be. But Yvonne first, perhaps. It's this holistic approach, which is
2: absolutely crucial. And, you know, involving all of the relevant people in the conversation. Mm. So, you know, we all have to reflect, I think. And Scroll Free September is great for that, making us kind of uh, you know, examine what we're doing, how much time we're we're spending looking at screens. So we need to reflect on what we're doing as individuals. But society is set up in such a way, and particularly for young people, the expectation on them to be engaged in many of these different platforms is absolutely huge. Yeah. And for you going to school mm. and you're not on the latest Instagram chat for whatever it is, then you're completely out of the loop. If you don't go to a party at the weekend because mm. you didn't know it was happening. So there's a huge amount of pressure on young people, I think, So, which can only be tackled at multiple levels. And of course, industry, I think, has yeah. got a part to play in this. And there are some industry initiatives around alerting uh, all users of, of mm. social media you've been on this now for an hour or two hours or whatever it is clearly that there is a
1: huge role potentially for, for industry to get involved in in a serious way One of the good things is that we have been approached by Instagram and Facebook for conversations after our report came out mm. so I think there's an acknowledgement that it's got to stop being the wild west particularly mm. around this so that How you regulate and how you do things for global companies is, of course, very complicated. Mm -hmm. But countries are now willing to take action. There are two areas, really. Child safety is one area the government is uh, determined to take action on. And because there's such a tsunami of mental health issues and we really aren't coping with that as a country, Mm -hmm. then they really have to look at what do we do to prevent this. And so there will, I think... Be some. Reg- if you think about any other issues, um, we have standards of information for the NHS. We know what kind of information we're getting. The information standard. We do need to set some kind of standards around information that children, young people, and adults can get. But also yeah. the fake news type agenda. Mm. But also mitigate some of these really these really negative things. These mm. pressures and that really needs to start. For parents in schools to think about it earlier, I think, in primary school and to talk about how you need to manage social media. Yeah, I think, I think that's right, because clearly there are huge benefits.
2: You know and we all benefit from being online and 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 engaging in social media on different platforms for different mm-hmm. things the amount of information it can really enhance learning in lots of ways it can in, in empower young people to seek um, advice and support mm-hmm. you know there, there's so many positive things and it's it's really about enhancing that those positive aspects of life online I think but but also being not scaremongering let's take a balanced view on this yeah. there are pitfalls it looks like and we need to be able to act um, because if those pitfalls are real and they look like they are real um, you know
0: we, we need to be able to protect as, as a society be able be able to protect our young people Thanks for listening to the Live Course podcast, which is presented and produced by me, Chris Gerrington. Details of Yvonne's published research are available on the ICLS website at ucl.ac.uk forward slash ICLS. And more about the Royal Society for Public Health's work in this area on their website at rsph.org. You can also join in the conversation on Twitter.